Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The Critical Zone. I'm your host, Hari Rajkopal, and with me today are Tom Feigenbaum How's it going? and Terry O'Brien. Hello. The last time the three of us were here together, we were doing an Eastern Conference preview before the season, and now we're back for the playoffs. Second round of the playoffs just getting started, and we're going to just jump right into it with the Western Conference. So let's start with that Warriors-Pelican series. Tom, what were your thoughts from Game 1? Uh, the Warriors are clearly the best team right now. They are getting back healthy, finally. And I think as good as Anthony Davis has been, he's just not, he doesn't have the firepower on his own to carry the Pelicans against uh, one of the two best teams in basketball. Yeah, and I would say Rondo's uh, numbers went from a varsity high school guard to a JV's in that from the first series <laughs> to the second as well. When you take, when you go from Damon and CJ who get a little lax of days goal and they're putting up their 35 to 40 point games, uh, it's a lot easier to get those triple, high triple doubles and Whereas I think he was 8-9-7 and seven or something, something like that, yeah. against the uh, Warriors, which isn't going to cut it. And the series isn't really going to get any better for the Pelicans. Their best chance to win a game was honestly probably Game 1. They were well-rested going into it, and there was no Steph Curry, but Steph Curry is going to come back. He might only play 20 minutes a game yeah. for those first couple, but it's going to be much more difficult to win games going forward. They still could steal a home game. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday are that good. But these Warriors, man, they, they, they're the best team in the NBA, I think, when fully healthy. Uh, the Rockets obviously had a better record, but I think it's pretty close. Um, and that series next round will prove it. But the, the Pelicans really have no shot at winning this series. Yeah, and they're both a full tier ahead of the, the, the next uh, third, the third team in the league as well, Houston and Golden State. Yeah, so, without a doubt. Yeah, I would say so. I don't know, like... What do you think it would take going forward for this Pelicans roster? Because we're both we're all going to assume they're going out here. Uh, what do you guys think it would take for them to to challenge a, one of these contending teams next year? Demarcus Cousins obviously a pending free agent. Uh, Rondo as well expiring. I think it really just comes down to Anthony Davis. He has played arguably better since Demarcus Cousins has been injured, and I think that's part of partly because the Pelicans have really improved on defense with Boogie out. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like. Adding uh, an all-star, superstar caliber player like Boogie Cousins, you'd think would make them better. But coming off an Achilles injury, I think the Pelicans are in a very uh, tricky tricky spot yep. going into next season. They're in a lot of trouble. And I think, I mean, AD's just not enough. He's had two MVP caliber seasons with them now, and it's gone nowhere. Yep. I'm, I'm assuming this will be a sweep, as was his first MVP season as a rookie. Both against the Warriors. Both against the Warriors, and both not to blame him. But... Uh, you need wing players. This Pondexter, Etwan Morris crap doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Rondo's played exceptional when he, they needed him, but again, he's still not a scorer. His players are still at the free throw line when they're guarding him and closing out on AD. It's actually harder to get him the ball sometimes when Rondo's a point guard uh, against good guard defense because uh, Rondo tends to play play a lot better when there's not good defense by the guards. But yeah. when, when it is, it actually affects AD as well and his numbers drop. I think Boogie was a bit... Uh, of a hasty and maybe rash decision to make in the trade. It looked good at the time, but you, uh, they kind of just added to what they're already good at and not fix what they need, which is wing scoring, yeah. uh, guys who can push the floor, play good defense, uh, three and D players, which they, they lack uh, uh, seriously right now. Well, there's this prevailing notion right now um, in like NBA analyst circles that the thing with Demarcus Cousins is the Pelicans as a team are better without him because there's more ball movement. Better without and Cousins. More, better without Cousins, like right as they have been in the second half of the yeah. season. But they have no shot against elite teams without him right. because he has that next gear that could take you to the next level. Do you guys think there's any truth to that? Because I, I think so too. I think they'd I think be so. better off in the series against the Warriors if they had Cousins. But I also think they would have done worse against the Trailblazers. I think that's true. I mean, Cousins is just uh, he's an awkward fit with their team because he's not a good defender yeah and Anthony Davis is able like we saw against uh, the Blazers he was just 
being a century, just defending the rim and making it so impossible to score inside against uh, against New Orleans. And with Boogie Cousins, it slows the defense down. Uh, Davis isn't quite as effective on defense. And I think that's a problem, but at the same time, like you said, he's just a superstar talent who can score and who can rebound. He can do so many things that to beat a team with four superstars like the Warriors, you need something more than Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, and Etwan Moore. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree that the, it, to, to beat the superstar, to maybe pull it off, maybe, you would want Cousins out there. But again, you're looking full picture. You want you want to be in it every night. You want to have your best club out there. You don't want to have these hypotheticals where yeah. uh, we need this if we want the yeah. big win, but normally we're better without. So I think, I mean, with all these one-year deals, including Rondo, and I'm pretty sure some of the other get wings as well, blowing it up the deadline would have been the move to make. But obviously, hindsight is 2020. Uh, so I'd say going forward, I wouldn't resign Cousins. Uh you got to lock up AD long-term. He's not a tradable asset, no matter what you're getting offered. And you just got to start signing guys around him. Yeah, you really they've got to build a roster with low-cost, veteran minimum kind yeah. of deals because they don't have a lot of money right now. And I believe that they traded this year's first-round pick to the Bulls for Meritich, yeah. which oh. obviously, like, Meritich was great in the last week of the regular was, season yeah. and the first round of the playoffs, but I don't think he's worth a first-rounder when you know you're not advancing past the yeah. second round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's a... That, that, Pick that would probably have been a starter for the Pelicans. That's gonna be yeah. like a fifteenth pick. Yeah, they could have drafted class. a very, yeah, very deep yeah. class. They could have gotten a quality wing late in the round. Yeah, uh, maybe Jerome, but now they can't. <laughs> Jerome um, and AD. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so I, I think. I mean, I think you look. The NBA does have a glut of really three and D players, though, especially just athletic wings who will hit the free agent market. One guy I think to look out for is Jeremy Grant. Yeah, who could big series yeah, who who could be a free agent, especially with twenty eight million million dollars moving uh, to Carmelo Anthony. So I think players like that who are on teams that don't really have money to resign kind of the versatile players that who aren't going to command a ton of money in the off season are definitely options for the Pelicans. And guys like that, if you can surround Anthony Davis with shooters and defenders, you have a chance to win, a la the two thousand nine Orlando Magic. Right. And Anthony Davis obviously has a lot of free agent pull as yeah. a superstar that everybody likes and everybody wants to play with in a way because you know he's just so he's so good he's so great defensively he's always putting his effort, the effort out there and Drew Holiday now becomes yeah. an attractive free agent to pl- or attractive player to play with yeah. not a thought we thought we'd be having a couple years ago but Pelicans they're in an, a pretty strange situation going forward but um, let's just wrap this up by giving our picks for the game score of the series I'm gonna say a sweep. Yeah, actually, we made brackets for the playoffs. Harry and I both had sweeps in favor of the uh, Dubs, the Warriors, and I'm assuming you had the same time. Uh, we got the Warriors in five. You got, okay. So you, you think they take a home game like the Spurs so, did? Yeah. I'd like to actually say real quick before I move on, the Spurs actually did a great job in that yeah. series. Like they, Game five, they nearly won. They put cut it to two with well, like 40 seconds left before Durant hit that great mid-range J. Uh, they're in another tough position going forward because of Kawhi, but the Spurs are another team. Like If he's healthy and he plays next year, they'll be back in the top three season yeah. contention. Um, so that's what we have for that series. Pelicans go down four or five games. Uh, Jazz Rockets now. Game one was yesterday. Jazz lost by double digits. Um, arguably, the score wasn't really an indi- indi- indicator of how much of actually a blowout that was um, because the Rockets really just dominated the first half. But the Jazz figured it out in the second half. They won the second half by 11 points. Yeah. Um, I think the Jazz were set up to lose that game by their inability to close out game five against the Thunder. Uh, because of that, they got no rest going to this game. They literally just had Saturday off. They played within 36 hours. Uh, they had no time to game plan for the Rockets. And they were playing on tired legs. Gobert played 39 minutes in Game 6. Favors played 39 minutes. Ingles played 43. Mitchell played 44, I think. 
So they had no rest going into this game, and they they got it really got it was really showed by James Harden, who just completely dominated that game. And so did Chris Paul, really. Uh, I think the series is a lot co- uh, closer than that going forward, but I still think it's a five. I think it's a very close five game series that the Rockets win, possibly six, if Ricky Rubio can make it back for Game Three or Game Four. But it's it's not gonna be. This isn't gonna be like the series of the playoffs or anything. But I think the Rockets will get a much closer challenge, uh, a much closer much closer fight than people expect. What do you think, Tom? I think it will be a blowout all series. I think the Rockets are really the better team, and the Jazz, as good as they are at defense, uh, Gobert, I don't think he's going to be as effective in this series um, with Capella out there. Mm. And I think that the three-point shooting the Rockets is just virtually impossible to defend. And whereas the Thunder really have trouble on offense and on defense, where they're kind of just going through their superstars, the, the Rockets move the ball so well. And it can put, uh, when you have a guy like Gobert who's just out there defending the paint, put him in tricky situations if he has to be stretched out to the perimeter. So I think I think the Rockets are going to do really well. I would expect them to win in four or five games. What do you think, Terry? I would say the Gobert thing is true when Clint's not on the floor. They have five lockdown quick guys who can shoot the ball. But when Clint's out there, I actually thought they were keeping up with him pretty well yesterday, the rest of the guys. Crowder, Ingles, Mitchell, those guys can close on shooters pretty well. And... Uh, and Bergson, it was Bryce O'Neal as well. They started yeah. Bryce, and he did a good job. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the punch isn't there with Rubio not pushing the floor. And once once uh, they kind of circulate out back out top and start running their plays, Houston puts the clamps down. Yeah. Houston's a really under – I mean, anyone who watches Hoop and knows it knows they're a great team. But the first thing you think of with Houston is stars and three-point and three point ability. But they're actually, I would think, defense right away yeah. just as quickly. So with Rubio not out there to push it, I mean, that's that's a bit of a problem. But, again, I, I would agree with Harry so far as – they didn't have a chance to. Even, they haven't even had a chance to show what they're capable of yet in this series without Rubio, without the rest, without the time to recuperate and get some plays under your belts before you go into this because it's always changing. Yeah. Depending on who you're going up against. So. And I think yesterday in the second half there were some big signs to look at as as far as positives go. I mean the Jazz shot thirty percent from three. Yeah. Um, the Rockets shot like fifty five, and they are a great three point shooting three point shooting team. But that's a really mm-hmm. good shooting percentage. The Jazz had like eighteen turnovers or something like that, and they still had a chance to cut it to single digits with eight minutes left in the game. Uh, Dante Exum, Raul Neto, Alec Burks, those guys did a great job of driving to the rim, and so did Donovan Mitchell. But in the first half, they were very they were very perimeter based, and it wasn't working because they're not they're not a consistent three point shooting team. But in the second half, they started leaning on the drive more, and they really exposed some mm-hmm. of those smaller rocket lineups. And I think that's something they'll be able to do yeah. all series when Capella hits the bench. And if Gobert, the thing, the key to this series, pretty much, I think, is if Capella wins the matchup with Gobert, which he did last night or yesterday afternoon, it's over. It'll be a quick series. Mm-hmm. But I think Gobert, as he did in the fourth quarter, will pick it up once he has a little bit more film to watch on Capella um, in these next two days. I think he'll win the matchup, and the Jazz will, again, I think they'll keep it close. I just don't think they have the guns to win in the fourth quarters against Chris yeah. Paul and James Harden. They did it against Chris Paul alone last year, but he has he has bigger help now, and it's not going to work. Yeah. I'm going to say they push it six. I think six? Yeah. I think, that, I think that's definitely possible if they can come out big on um, Wednesday. Um, yeah. If the if the rest is as much of a factor as I hope it is, um, then they come come out steal a game on the road and then take one at home. Or if they I mean if they take both home games, but I think they would need Ricky Rubio to take two in a row. Yeah, um, and he's anticipated out ten days, so the earliest would probably be game four, I would imagine. It um, just stinks that they never even like had it. They never had a chance to show the Rockets what they were capable of this year without yeah. Rubio and all the primetime games this year. They played them, they got smashed. They they were down either Gobert. Or Mitchell, or they were missing at least two of their starters at all times against Houston this year, and now they're missing perhaps their most important one in the series like this. Yeah. 
I think I think the Rockets are going to win this in five. I think at the end of the day, the Rockets are, I mean, in a class of their own with the Warriors. Those are the two teams that are just seem destined for a big Western Conference Finals. Mm. And the Jazz and the Pelicans are just not the teams that are going to stand yeah. in their way. I think, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think both of those teams have bright futures yeah. as far as like potential threats and going forward. I think Jazz have a really well-constructed roster where they have a good amount of money going forward and not a lot of big contracts, yeah. not a lot of guys to bring back. Exum in favors of free agents this offseason, but Exum's not going to get a lot of money as, as far as an offer sheet goes. He hasn't shown enough in the playoffs, but you know the mega potential's there. And favors is is an unrestricted free agent in the best year possible for the, for the team because there's only six or seven teams with money, like with real money that would be willing to spend, and not a lot of guys need a four, uh, like a traditional four like Derek Favors. So I think he's back too. Um, it's just a year too early almost. Uh, their growth was obviously stunted by Gordon Hayward walking, mm-hmm. um, but. To f- the fact that they, you know, made the playoffs, went went twenty eight and five in the second half of the year yeah. after Hayward left and led by a rookie, and then took out the cl- uh, took out the Thunder. I mean, it's actually kind of crazy. They ended the big three of the Clippers. They ended that era, forcing them to lose Chris Paul, trade Blake Griff- Griffin, and now they're kind of screwed with DeAndre Jordan. And then they also ended the Thunder, very mosh posh big three. <laughs> right. Um. Quick note on the Thunder here. Uh. Just. To kind of give them a quick wrap up, uh, what do you guys see them doing this off season with Melo obviously picking up the op- the option and Paul George being I free mean, agent? Grant's gone because of that Melo thing, and th- that's going to kill. Them. That's going to stunt them big time. George, I think, walks, and they're going to be horrible. Yeah, they're going to be really bad. I see them really floundering. They are just. I mean, Brody will get his triple double, but they'll be like an eleven or ten seed. Yeah, the the Carmelo Anthony contract is just a death sentence at this point. It almost feels like they should. Just force him to the bench yeah. and dare him to opt out. It's it's kind of crazy. Like we think back to last year where they won what was it forty five games with Westbrook and company, not like a superstar driven right. team. But Carmelo Anthony is such a net negative right now yeah. that he instantly makes this team worse than their team from last right. year. Um, that's why uh, yeah, in a very competitive West, they very well could end up being the ten seed. You think the Nuggets will be back next year and competitive yeah. once again? Uh, the Lakers will have a shot if they were to get Paul George at yeah. being a playoff caliber team. Uh, I think the Thunder, what is weird, uh, we talked about this uh, on Saturday, yeah. Westbrook's great at taking a bad team and making it a good team, but he can't take the team exactly. to the next level, um, and so he might be able to carry a team like that. Steven Adams is also, don't yeah. about him, great center, probably top five, top six center in the league. I'd say so. Uh, but they they might be good enough to make the playoffs next year, but boy, they really, they really bungled their player management over the last couple yeah. of years. Like, Sabonis looked great in that series against the Cavs. He had a couple easy misses, but, you know, he's yeah. putting up double-doubles in a couple of those games. And Oladipo, obviously, has suddenly become a near-superstar-level yeah. player. Uh, it's really hard to, like, look at anything other than Russell Westbrook when you compare Paul George's stats from last year to this year and Oladipo's. Like, the, yeah. the fact that playing alongside Russ has appeared to really, like, be to the detriment of both of those players... I think is a, a really bad sign for Oklahoma City going forward. How'd they end up with the worst player of the three that they had? Of <laughs> Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant. And it's not even like it's a close worst anymore. Like yeah. Those two have lapped him by far. Uh, what James Harden's doing right now with the Rockets, what he's been doing for the last two years, has been absolutely sensational. And Kevin Durant, arguably, you know, some people would argue the best player in the league. I'd say probably second. Best player in the league. Yeah, T- Terry's one of those best player in the league <laughs> arguers. Uh, he's definitely top two. I mean... And then you have Russell Westbrook, who, I mean, talent-wise is probably top. Right. He's, he's one of the top players in the league, but it just doesn't translate to success on the court in the playoffs because he takes too many shots. 43, 44 shots in Game 7, that's not a winning formula. Yeah. And some of it is, like, Paul George was scared to shoot in the fourth quarter. 
that's okay. Uh, you can't blame Westbrook for that, but it's also you kind of can blame him because he doesn't <laughs> let his teammates shoot, so they get scared to shoot. Like, oh, I don't want to get yelled at Russ when I miss. Right. Uh, so we all think the Thunder are kind of in big trouble going forward. Uh, that was just a quick note on Thunder. Back to Jazz Rockets. I'm going to say five games, Rocket, uh, Jazz go down. You say six, Terry? Yeah, I'll say six. And I'm saying Rockets say, and five. You say Rockets. Okay, so five, five, and six. Uh, you think it'll be a blowout five, I though. do, I do. Do you think they, they steal a game? I think the, Rocket, or the Jazz will win game three very tight. Mm-hmm. Much home. like the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah, it's just a very, I mean, it's hard in the NBA to sweep a really good playoff team, especially going in, going into game three at home. Yeah. I mean, last year we saw the Celtics steal game three against the Cavs, and that was one of the most mismatched series we've seen in a long time. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, in defense, that was a record-breaking <laughs> game for the Celtics. Yeah. Marcus Smart hit seven threes. <laughs> like, that was insane. That was a, that was a crazy game. Avery's game winner swirled yeah. around oh for about God, four minutes. Oh, my God, rolled. I'm hoping game. that's not what it takes for the Jazz to <laughs> take a game. I'm hoping it doesn't have to be that, that gut-wrenching, <laughs> terrifying. But uh, so be. we got Rockets-Warriors in our Western Conference Finals. Uh, we'll talk more about that ser- potential series in a little bit, but let's go to the Eastern Conference now. We'll start with Cavs-Raptors. So yesterday, Cavs escaped Game 7 with a win over the Pacers. They got outscored by, I think, 30 points or something yeah. like that on the series as a whole. Uh, LeBron James averaged, like, in the mid-30s for points through the whole series, but none of his teammates really scored at all. Kevin Love's been reduced to a spot-up shooter, can't score inside the arc. Uh, George Hill missed most of the series, um, as he continues to be one of the softest point guards in the league in terms of playing through pain. Uh, he stubs a toe and he's out like three weeks. Uh, and then Rodney Hood's not getting it done. You know, Larry Nance, I think Nance, Col- uh, not Nance, Col- Nance Clarkson and Hood maybe it was combined for two points yesterday. Something ridiculous like that. It's really just LeBron has to do so much, and as we saw, he's not. I don't think he's capable of keeping that gear turned up for seven games, mm-hmm. uh, back to back to back. Which is why, like you said, the Pacers outscored them overall in the series because they would play every game tight. And when LeBron wasn't having his best night, when he was you know had to take his foot off the gas pedal, they would just absolutely blow them out. LeBron is surrounded by just non-talent. Yeah, right that, it's actually like when they made the deadline moves, I was like, yeah, you know, like Rodney Hood, great get, yeah. big time shot maker for the Jazz in some big games. Uh, George Hill, veteran point guard, if he returns to last year form, he'd be great. Jordan Clarkson's another great shot maker, but they really look like lottery players. Yeah, uh, Terry, what do you think about this series? And what do you think about actually before you get into the series? What do you think about? What are your takeaways from that last series? That last series takeaways were uh, the Pacers got cold feet when it mattered most, and that's really the only problem is. I th- they think they were the better team all all along, played better, and spoon fed the Cavs the series. They really had it. They really really had it. Um, and the slow, but start running ISO ball, like being complicit with the two point lead. Those are all things LeBron wants you to do, and things that aren't going to sustain itself. So, I think if they executed like they did mid third quarter, and they did if they did that the whole game. Most of these games are lost late or with bad starts. I think all of them pretty much. Yeah. So. I think those were very easy things to fix that they didn't. I think things McMillan will work on going forward. Pacers have a bright future. I like their club a lot. I thought they would win that series. Um, and I will say, I've said this since the beginning, Cavs got worse at the deadline, and it'll be evident when they lose to the Raptors. Yeah, I think a big problem for the Pacers was just going back to that. Uh, Miles Turner really didn't show up in yeah. half the games this series. Yeah. In half of them, he was great. And then the other half, he'd put up like yeah. two points three boards. Fouling out in Game 7 didn't help. Yeah. Fouling out in Game 7. Um, like That's been a problem for him his whole career, though. It's been a short career so yeah. far, obviously. But he disappears on the glass, and he disappears yeah. in the paint. Uh, and then he takes a dumb fouls. Um, and Sabonis has got to work on his bunnies. Because yeah. He missed so many in the series. He yeah. had a great overall series. But... Yeah, he missed a lot of bunnies. And Turner with the 
getting lazy on the glass with him and doing that, and then Sabonis being a soft big. They second chance points are in, enormous and yeah. uh, instrumentally uh, impacted the outcome of the series. Yeah, I mean we saw Tristan Thompson really just dominated Game Seven, and he hasn't been good in two years. Exactly. I mean that's that is just triple double in the first. Just about. <laughs> it's just kind of unreasonable to see uh, Mr. Khloe Kardashian play play a huge role in Game Seven, a la Lamar Odom. <laughs> uh, drama aside. Tristan Thompson, he could play a big role in this series. Um, if the Cavs are going to have a chance on the glass, yeah. he needs to play a big role. One interesting thing to note is, uh, I was talking about this with Terry like about an hour ago, um, the Cavs and Raptors don't get any rest in this series pretty much. Right. Every game is within uh, two days. Um, the only series with no rest. Um, and for players like Serge Ibaka, um, I was reading a, a lot of Raptors fans' opinions on that. Um, he tires out very quickly. Uh, so if he, he'll have a big game one, and then he'll just disappear right. for the rest of the series. Right. And that also hurts the Cavs, though, with LeBron James. Yeah. And the so, Raptors are the deepest deepest team in the league. Yeah. yeah. In, in terms of they're the best bench. This, that, other than Ibaka, that really caters to the Raptors, which yeah. I'm a fan of, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors' depth is going to show up huge in the series. If LeBron's not on the court for more than 40 minutes, the Cavs have no shot. Yeah. Um, and an Obi's probably going to guard LeBron. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's a good matchup for the Raptors in terms of defensively. They've got guys who can stop LeBron. And more importantly, the guy who's guarding LeBron isn't your number one option offensively, yeah. which is a huge help yeah. uh, in order in order to give a guy like DeRozan or Kyle Lowry give more energy. Yeah, it's uh, a big de- big development from previous years um, where now they can finally just stick somebody else on him and yeah. OG can keep up. Like yeah, He's I obviously so. not going to shut him down. And all they need OG to do on offense is a couple cuts to the basket yeah. and just some threes. So it's very nice that DeMar and Kyle Lowry, like, and now Lowry doesn't have to keep up with Kyrie. Right. He has to keep up with George Hill if George Hill decides to play. It seems a little yeah. easier. Yeah, it seems <laughs> just, a little, just a little bit easier. Um, so, Terry, what do you think of the biggest, like, mismatches that the Raptors will be able to exploit here? I think it's, it lies in the backcourt. Lowry and DeRozan v. Hill and uh, whoever they stick at the two. Corver yeah. Smith. I mean, these guys are veteran spot. I mean, Jared can shoot off the dribble as well, but these guys are primarily shooting, shooting weak defensive shooting guards and fragile point guards, as Harry pointed out, and also just much older guys. And when you're talking about two, the, maybe perhaps the most athletic backcourt in the league, definitely top three or four. Um, it's going to be a real chance for them to show that they're not chokers in the playoffs. They, they just needed the matchup. They, this is just the matchup they needed for a long time and haven't had a chance to showcase. So right. I think they really could this time. I think something else to watch for is, I mentioned Ibaka earlier, but if Kevin Love can't win his matchup with yeah. Ibaka, this, the series is a good right. over. And I think they need to properly manage Ibaka as well. Like you said, he's going to get tired quickly. It's going to be a, probably a longer series, six, maybe five, six, seven games. Yeah, they uh, need his rim protection against need, LeBron and Co. They need and LeBron it. LeBron and LeBron and LeBron. And yeah. you got it. In, yeah, you need him out there with the full head. Of, you need him 100% uh, and not, not fatigued as well. So they, they have bigs off the bench that, that could do fine in the time being, but uh, Ibaka can't be playing 40 minutes. Definitely not. Tom, how do you think a guy like Valanciunas plays into the series? I think Valanciunas is a, is a guy, especially if you have Tristan Thompson out there, who mm. is a good matchup for the Raptors. And this is really their chance to to vanquish the boogeyman, right? The the Cavs have been the team that have always gotten to Toronto, and now here the Raptors are with their chance to beat them. They are the I think unequivocally the better team. Yeah. Uh, even if LeBron is still the best player on the court, he's not going to be able to keep up with DeRozan and Lowry and this and this Raptors bench for six seven games. And I think we're really gonna I think we're really gonna see the Cavs. I mean, they got exposed in the last series, and yeah. now I think. I think it's just gonna gonna fall apart for them. I I think there's a very good chance of that happening. Uh, 
I some I somehow still think that I think Kevin Love will bounce back. I think yeah. they got to stop running the Kevin Love post up because it hasn't worked in five yeah. years, maybe more. Um, but he can do more than just be a spot up shooter. I think Kevin Love has a big series, and I think LeBron does too. And it really, if just one player steps up on a consistent basis besides yeah. LeBron, it makes a world of a difference. That's true. And I think Love will, and I think they'll continue getting good shooting from Jr. and Corver. Jr. had a monster series against the Pacers, not scoring the ball, but defensively, yeah. he did a spectacular job, and that's a big development because they might have to stick him under Rosen yeah. for long periods of time. And he, I mean, he did well against Old Depot. So that, that'll be a big, that'll be a big factor. I like, I like Rosen's matchup in that. Uh, on that matchup, just oh, because of a height, sure. just because of a height factor. Yeah, Oladipo much smaller, even if he is, you know, a lot faster. Uh, yeah. I, I think DeRozan's gonna cook in this series. I think yeah, he's gonna average over twenty five points on the series. Um, and I think there are gonna be nights where he matches LeBron's scoring output. Uh-huh. And if LeBron puts up forty points and the Raptors win, that's a huge loss for Cleveland because yes. any any game where LeBron only has so many forty five point outbursts in a given playoff run. Yeah. That you have the Cavs have to win those games, and I think the Raptors have the offense and the defense to weather those storms, uh, win those games, steal a few on the road, and uh, ultimately win the series. Terry, what do you think? How how many games does the series go if you're going Raptors? I know. It sounds like you are. Yeah, I'm going Raptors. I'm gonna take them in six, as I predicted in our bracket or guesstimated. So I'll say Raptors in six. I think two through. 2-11, through 2-10, through 10, they're the better team, and that's really what's going to come down to it. Uh, basketball's not a one-man show, despite what people think or uh, uh, how people perform in it or, or uh, ponder it. I think it comes down to it being an important team game, especially in the playoffs where defense is intensified and good passing and good play running and stuff like that. So Raptors will show they've been the better team all year. Should be the favorites if they're not, and uh, we'll win in six. Tom, what's your thoughts? I agree. Raptors in six. They are the better team, like Terry said. They don't have the best player, but in this in this situation, the best player can only bring you so far when he's surrounded by 35-year-old J.R. Smith, 35-year-old Kyle Korver, <laughs> and uh, you know a real who's who of 2007 on the Cavs roster right now. Yeah, this, ar- this roster arguably could be worse than the 2007. Yeah. The deadline was horrible. It was a horrible deadline for them. I, I still, I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to pick the Cavs in six uh, because I think some of those mismatched pieces that haven't shown up yet will show up. I think Rodney Hood will have a big series. He's actually, when he was with the Jazz, the one thing, there was like two things you could rely on him for. Uh, choking in the fourth quarter was one, which I'm hoping doesn't happen here. But the other one was roasting really good teams, and he roasted the Raptors and the Rockets in his whole career. Uh, and I think he'll do that here. I think Rodney Hood has a big series, and I think Kevin Love has a big series. And those two alone, alongside LeBron, uh, will be enough, And I think, in six games. I just I can't move past the fact that LeBron has absolutely destroyed the Raptors, including this this regular season. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed them every time they've played. They have some sort of mental just like they can't get over that. Yeah. This is their best chance, as you said, by far to get over that hump. But the fact that even against the worst LeBron regular season team we've seen in years, they couldn't win the season series. Even though like the, I'm pretty sure the Pacers won the season series yeah. against them. Like you could see signs of that in the regular season, but the Raptors couldn't. So I'm kind of hung up on all of that. All that jazz, and I think that the uh, the Cavs will escape in a very close six game series that will end up being more on much like how the Pacers lost is more on how they choked. It'll end up being more on the Raptors choking in big fourth quarters, mostly Kyle Lowry, I think, um, and they'll lose. That's what I think. I don't think so. I think the Raptors win. God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have Raptors slash Cavs in the conference finals. Very bold pick. One of those two teams will make it. But the majority says Raptors, so we'll go Raptors in our bracket. Um, other series to 
watch, potentially the most interesting. I think so. Um, would be Celtics Sixers. Uh, a lot of lot going on here. Obviously, we'll get this out of the way. If the Sixers, if the Celtics were at full health, they'd be heavy favorites here, but they're not. Um, so the Sixers are the the Vegas favorites. They're the favorites to get out of the Eastern Conference actually yeah. by Vegas. And game one, they're favored I think by three and a half, which is tonight at eight o'clock. Um, Sixers came off of a quick five-game series win over the Heat that very well could have been a sweep if not for a vintage game uh, yeah. two from Dwayne Wade. Kelly O as well. Yeah, Kelly Kelly O had a great first three games of the series. Um, the the Sixers are they look phenomenal. A lot of people thought you know playoffs are starting. Ben Simmons, you just collapse into the paint and yeah. you can't score, and then he scored and scored and scored yeah. and scored and scored. And the Heat are one of the best defensive teams that were in the playoff field just in terms of versatile like Swiss Army knife type players yeah. like James Johnson and Josh Richardson didn't work. None of it worked. Celtics are obviously way better coached than that Miami team. Well, actually, I take that back. I forgot about our <laughs> Celtics are obviously better coached, not way better coached. Yeah. But it's not It's not going to be easy to stop Ben Simmons, and now Joel Embiid is healthy. Uh, what do you think, Tom? I, I'm not sure what to think in this series. I think the Celtics, like, like you said, they're so injured right now. But this is these are just such young teams. Uh, Jalen Brown, we'll see if he can be at 100% because he was the most dynamic offensive player that the Celtics had mm-hmm. against Milwaukee, and I think he really needs to step up. Uh, Tatum needs to take a big role. Al Horford, I mean, these are all guys who are capable of putting up 20 points. Yeah. Uh, Rozier, the Celtics have five or six guys on, on their roster right now that can go for 20 points in any on any given night, uh, but so do the Sixers, and I think it's going to be difficult. Who Al Horford guards will be interesting if he's on... Embiid, or yeah. if they put him on Simmons, even um, I, I just did a really good job on Simmons. On yeah, so I just don't know. I don't know who's gonna be able to play defense for the Celtics, but they are a really good defensive team. Mm-hmm. I think this is just gonna be kind of a series that comes down to whose young players are not afraid of the moment. Right now, it doesn't seem like either of these teams are gonna shy away. Yeah, and I think the the slight the slight edge goes to the Sixers just because Embiid and Simmons are forces of nature right now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be very hard to slow down. Real quick before, uh, Terry, you get into your analysis. Um, the regular season matchups probably aren't fair indicators because the Sixers are a way different team. They added Bellinelli and Elias Dillon, I believe, after those games. And they went on that 17-game winning streak afterwards. And obviously the Celtics are, have a different roster. Tatum stepped up more. Remember, he had those struggles right after December. And a couple of those games were in the December-January time. Uh, Jalen Brown, if he's healthy, has emerged into something else. Mm-hmm. Like he's, just, he's become a de facto scorer. And Terry Rozier as well. Has emerged. Um, now go ahead, Terry. Yeah, that was a good point. What, what was the season series? 2-2? Two, two? I think it was 3-1. 3-1, Bear Boston? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Sixers took the last one, I think. Right. Um, and I think Jalen's not going to play tonight, is, is my guess. Um, but I think this is going to go 7, same as Bucks, with every every game being a home win. Um, just because these teams are drastically better or worse, depending on where they are, home and away. And I would actually argue, you said uh, Jalen was the most versatile uh Scoring punch, or two-way punch, I forget how you said it, but I think Rozier was the, the most valuable player of the series last round. And he play, he didn't have one bad game, shooting or defensively. He locked up Bledsoe, he owned him every game. Uh, he lit him up in the fourth quarter. He averaged, I think, 10.5 in a game in each fourth quarter. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with the two-man game him and Al picked up and uh, worked off of. And I, I think uh, starting every play with Al, either bringing it up or at the elbow, is working a lot better, and it's something they need to do. All the games they lost were kind of loosey-goosey. Uh, Larkin bring it up or some Baines-Larkin two-man game nonsense. But they really need to fundamentally stick to what works for them because not a lot does with how many guys are out and given what the circumstances are, Philadelphia being a great defensive team. Um, but in terms of defense, I mean, 
Semi Ojale, last two games on Giannis was incredible. When Horford couldn't guard him because of minutes or switches, it was Semi who stepped up big time. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be he's, he's a top three defender on the team right now. Uh, and he, and he, he hit his corner threes, which is actually pretty much only why they drafted him. The defense was supplementary, but it's ended up being the primary reason for now. So I think he could start tonight. I think he'll start tonight. Uh, with the Marcuses off the bench, the the, the offense in one and defense in another, uh, <laughs> but they bring that great combo. I I love them coming off the bench together. They usually come out leading the first quarter after they come in at the five minute mark, uh, and it, it's going to come down to the. I mean, it's, you know what Terry and Al are going to do, and and it's been great, and they need it, but it's going to come down to, and you know what Embiid and Simmons are going to do as well. It's going to come down to the like Tom said, the younger, more secondary and tertiary guys. Like Tatum had a pretty quiet five games last round. He had two good games, but he had five pretty quiet games. Uh, and uh, and the Celtics aren't very deep. They can't. If Tatum's put up six or seven a game, they're not going to win the series. They they're only going to be playing Jason, Terry, Al, Marcus, Marcus, uh, Semi, and a little bit of maybe Baines or Monroe. I mean, they're not going to be playing many guys. So yep. mistakes are magnified when you do that. And uh, they can't have as many as they did in Milwaukee. Definitely not. They got away with, uh, I mean, three and three and a half pretty bad games. Uh, but I, I am confident they will show their four. They're four best when it matters and win the series. I think the big thing here is you have to slow down the pace if you cross them. Yeah. I feel like pays, plays up by far the fastest pace of any of these playoff teams, and it really plays into their shooting with Bellinelli, yeah. Iliostova, Redick, um, those guys that I mentioned yeah, they're, already. They're a tremendous shooting team. Um, if you can't slow them down, you have no shot at winning yeah. the series. Um, and Boston did a great job of slowing it down against Milwaukee because Milwaukee yeah. is a team that was, also loves to play at a fast, fast mm-hmm. pace. And in the games that Boston won, which were in Boston, obviously, all the, they were very slow, and Milwaukee couldn't get set up well in the half court because they have horrible coaching, one of the worst coaching staffs in the league, and they got destroyed. So I think that's the key here. If you can slow down the Sixers' pace, Celtics are in the advantage. But the other problem for Boston will just be you can't hide defensive players yeah. in this, against this team like you can with like guys like Thonmaker, Tyler Zeller, um, Jabari for those first couple games. Like there, You can't really hide people on the floor in, in this matchup, but Boston has so many switchable defenders that that yeah. should help. It should sort of balance out. Yeah. I, I think so. I think we're, we're going to look at the Celtics as, <clears throat> if they can shoot the three, uh, guys like Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown when he's, when he's out there, if those guys are making their shots, it really puts them at, offensively in a situation where they can compete with Philadelphia, who has been on a, on a tear from outside. Philadelphia's and, been the best team yeah. in the NBA for the last month and a half. Yeah, I mean, they've only lost, wise. what, one game the last 25, something like that. Yeah. And that is... Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, and, and Philadelphia's playing as well as they've played all season. Um, I I just It's going to be hard to stop those guys when they're going. I think, honestly, though, Boston could be at a slight advantage that Philadelphia had so much rest. Yes. Because Philadelphia's yeah. a very healthy team, with the exception of Joel Embiid, the masked man. Yeah. So I think they could come out maybe, you know, playing on the road and be a little rusty. So I think I, I like the Celtics in game one tonight, but mm-hmm. I, I think the Sixers are uh, the better team overall, and I think they'll win the series. Yeah, I think I also like the Celtics in game one tonight, but I think the Sixers split these home games to start the series. I think it's 2-2 after four, though. I think it's a, it's a consistent split, and then I think the Sixers pull away and win in six, personally. Um, I think they can, they're the one team that athletically can keep up with like the young talent of the Celtics yeah. here in, in this Eastern Conference field, and then they have the superstar scoring from Embiid yeah. and Simmons and distributing from and from Simmons. And if this was the Sixers team in January that didn't have perimeter shooting yeah. other than J.J. Redick, I'd obviously go the other way, but... Now that they have so much shooting around two just dominant players that they can get them open looks yeah. all the time, I think the Sixers are, right now, I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference based on how they're playing. Um, just their rhythm over the last month and a half, and I, I take them in a very close, very close six-game series. But, uh, Terry, what do you think? 
Uh, I'm going to say Celtics in seven for some of the reasons I've already outlined. And, I mean, I, I really – I've been to two home playoff games now. It's, it's a, just – they're just a whole different team in that atmosphere, and they're just so hard to stop. And Brad gets the pace he wants every time. And I think in a slow, slow-paced game with – there's going to be there's going to be plenty of ugly moments. I mean, both these teams aren't great in the half court, but I mean they both have their flaws in in trying to execute those uh, situations. But I think that's the one we want. We want those, they need the Celtics need those ugly defense first games to take it, and I think they'll get them with Al at the helm of a one of the best defensive teams in the league. And I'm going to take them in seven. And just for all you think I'm being a homer, I actually think they'll lose to the Raptors. So yeah, and he did say that before the playoffs. Yeah. As well. Uh, Tom, give me your game score for this series. I've got, I've got the Sixers in seven. I think they're the best team in the East. I think they will be in the NBA Finals, mm, and they no, will be alert. promptly dispatched by whoever comes out of the West. <laughs> well, let's just move back to the West real quick then. We've covered this series. Uh, let's just give a quick um, what we think is going to happen for the remaining series. Uh, Rockets, Warriors, we've, we've covered this. Um, the three of us have all talked about this before, but I think the Warriors, I think I'm the only one, I think the Warriors will win the series. I think it'll be a seven-game series as well. Uh, but the Warriors, when they're locked in at full gear with a healthy Steph Curry, I think are just by far, like, they're just too talented to beat. Um, the Rockets had some inconsistent shooting from their other pilot, from their non-James Harden, Chris Paul players in these playoffs. And Mbamute is still working back from injury. He should be healthy by then, but it's, a complete, it's not very clear. Uh, I don't think you can trust his shooting or P.J. Tucker's shooting in the playoffs against, Golden, against the Golden State Warriors. Um, so... And then you have playoff Harden to worry about as well. So I think the Warriors are taking seven. What do you think, Tom? I have the Rockets in seven. I think the Rockets are the best team in the league. They play better defense than almost any other team. They shoot the three better than almost any other team. They have Chris Paul, who is quietly on some sort of revenge tour. He wants to prove to everyone that he can win in the playoffs. And I think Chris Paul is so it's been so unfair throughout his career that he's never it's the worst had narrative. he's never had yeah. playoff success because he has really performed every single time he's yeah. stepped foot in the playoffs and now is his chance he's got the supporting casting needs uh, the Warriors uh, I think they're a little bored even though it's the playoffs <laughs> uh, I, I think I think the Rockets are just the better team and I think they'll win in a very close seven game series yeah I'm agree I'll take Houston seven I think like they they do want it more just from not having it. I mean. No, obviously Golden State's going to want to come out and win this, but the energy in Houston right now is palpable. they got a great chance with Chris Paul's uh, ability to take some of the pressure off Harden. I, I don't think he'll have the struggles he had last year. I mean, those were unforeseen and uh, likely not to be repeated, in my opinion. Uh, that's obviously controversial, but I really do think that the pace and space game is going to work for them. But there are a couple got shooting problems, but I would, I would in an ideal game, P.J. and, and Bob Mute should not be taking those threes. Should be Joe Green, in my opinion, Ryan Anderson. Uh, when you're talking about guys uh, secondary, to, th- yeah. those are some of the two are better scoring punches outside of Harden and Paul, and mainly those two, of course. So working around and through them is, I think, something they they did against Minnesota tremendously, something they've done all season long, and as something they feed off of from the energy of the crowd. They also have tremendous home performances. So I'm going to say Houston in seven. Yeah, one thing to note that will be interesting is what do the Rockets do with their rotations when we yeah. hit that series? Because they've kind of they've tightened them a little bit. Um, like they cut Green and Joe Johnson and some of the other guys out of the rotation. Um, yeah. I don't think Joe Johnson should be playing at all, right. but I do think Gerald Green should. I hope. Um, I think it, I would hope they would be more spontaneous with it. Uh, because short, like, did, uh, shorting them could be a problem, like you said. Like if they're just going to Mbamute and Tucker and you got them two and Capella out there and really only one or two – hot shooters at a time, 
that's when Golden State's going to run away with yeah. 20 to 4 run or something. And I also think against the Steve Kerr coach team, you have to keep mixing up the looks. Yeah, you, you have keep to keep giving them the same thing. Kevin Durant's going to roast you. Steph Curry's going to roast you. And you don't have a lot of time to, to, right. to make that adjustment. So you right. got to act quick. And the Rockets can go deeper than the Warriors, yeah, exactly. likely. So the mixing up the looks is really the key there if the Rockets were to win. Um, I think the Warriors are taking a very close seven based on superstar power. You guys are going depth and reliable shooting. Right. Um, uh, let's move to the Eastern Conference series. Uh, so I'm, I'll just start with my spiel real quick because I have a different team, but then we'll move on to the um, majority predicted series. I have the I have the uh, Cavs and Rap or cards, Cavs and Sixers. In that series, I'd actually take the Sixers, even though I've been you know doing wow. a lot of pro Cavs things today. <laughs> uh, the Sixers are just they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, I, I think yeah. right now. Um, so I think they would take it just on superstar power. Nobody stop. Nobody's gonna stop Joel and beat on the Cavs. They have no center. Tristan or Thompson. Power what about Tristan Thompson? Zero chance. <laughs> 2016 Tristan Thompson has not returned. That was a mirage. That the the Indiana Pacers were very generous to him yeah. and let him have that game. He's not good anymore. Tristan Thompson and uh, sorry, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons would dominate that series. Yeah. Absolutely dominate that series. And the shooting again of the Sixers is way better than the shooting of the Cavs. So I think the Sixers would take that in. Um, what the, the they got home court advantage. I'll give them it in seven. Uh, but then now let's cover the other series: Raptors, Sixers, or Raptors, Celtics. Tom. We all got different actually. So everyone yeah. do your own little thing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Raptors, uh, Sixers is a very interesting series. The Raptors are probably the most complete team in basketball, uh, definitely in the Eastern Conference. And the Sixers are just like we said on fire. I think the Sixers at the end of the day, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like Harry said, are so difficult to contain. And I don't, I don't think the Raptors really have the punch that they need. Um, they struggled against against the Wizards a little bit, um, even though they did ultimately win that series. I, I mean, I think it's hard to say for the one reason, uh, the one thing is that if the Raptors beat LeBron and they beat the Cavs, I think that gives them a lot of confidence moving into the Eastern Conference Finals, especially at home. And the Sixers are a very young team. So I, I think the Raptors would, would definitely make it a very competitive series. I would say seven games. Mm-hmm. But I think the Sixers are just ultimately too dynamic. And with all the shooting they have with Bellinelli, Elisova, J.J. Redick, mm-hmm. Dario Saric, yeah. these guys are just not, not missing right now. And when you have to worry about Ben Simmons just driving to the lane and dunking on you every single possession, it makes it really hard to defend those guys. Yeah, something we actually haven't mentioned at all today is Dario. Yeah. Um, Dario's just been absolutely sensational in the second half of the season. Um, one of their best players, and just, yeah. he really could dominate Ibaka in that series. Yeah. I think he's one of the few power forwards that would really just have the advantage over Serge um, in the remaining field. And yeah, I think I would also lean Sixers in yeah. that series, but I think that would be a sensational series to watch from two teams that don't get as much natural yeah. coverage um, as they necessarily deserve at this point. Uh, the Sixers are starting to get it now, but the Raptors still are. Yeah. Uh, that would be a very close, very great, very high-scoring series, too, I think, so. I think, too. It would be very explosive, and both teams can go to their bench a lot, which yeah. would be fun to watch. Um, now, Terry, your series. Wait, sorry, to be clear, are you taking Sixers? or taking no? the Sixers. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I, I do, I, I'm gonna take the Raptors over Boston, which I which I still think will happen. And again, I'll disclaim that this wouldn't be the case if Boston was healthy and this conference wouldn't even be up for grabs. It'd be Boston in a landslide, as I think it'll be next year. Uh, now that this out of the way, I'm gonna say this is what you got. This is what you got to work with. And the Raptors are uh, objectively the better team. They're about equally as deep, but just a little slightly better at every position. Uh, Lowry, I mean, he's choked before, but this year I, I don't think. I don't think he'll choke as much this year. He hasn't. He hasn't yet, really. He's had some bad moments, but when it's mattered, he came. To, came to play. He came to play in Game Six against the Wizards and Game One and Two. So, 
I think Lowry's got the upper hand on Rozier and DeRozan on, you know, whoever we put at the two, probably Tatum, and work your way down. Uh, Horford's really our only uh, positional advantage, which isn't really enough. But again, this that would be a fun and comparable series, I think, between the Raptors, Sixers, Celtics, you name it. Those, all Any games between those two teams are going to be very fun, close. Yep. They're all very similar. Uh, Philly's a little more stressed on the shooting and pace. Uh, Raptors are more of a complete and well-rounded team, and uh, as is Boston, but just to a little lower degree given the injuries. So I'm going to take Raps over Boston. Uh, I think they'll win it in six, uh, mm-hmm. but with all, all within single digits probably. Yeah. Uh, so then we have our finalists, I suppose. We have the Sixers and the Raptors, and then we have the Warriors and the Rockets. Uh, I'll go mine real quick. Uh, actually, I'll just say this: No matter who's coming out of the Eastern Conference, any of those three or any of those two teams, the Raptors or the Sixers, uh, I think the Warriors slash Rockets wins in four, uh, five games. Give them yeah. a road game or give them a home game. Sorry, mm. but it's a very dominant five games. Um, even more dominant than last year's uh, Warriors Cavs, where at least the Cavs, you know, they could have taken a second game if Kyle Korver mm. hits a wide open three. You know, there's no chance at that. Uh, this is like they take a a very close game three at home kind of deal where yeah. they don't deserve to win, but they barely do win on the strength of the home crowd and just feeling great. You know, it's the NBA finals, whatever, but I don't think this is a remotely close finals. This would be one of our worst finals in you know, years. I think, I think the, the only excitement will come from either like the Raptors bench, you know, seeing how they compete in the national spotlight, like how fun it is to see them there or the Sixers young stars. Emerging. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Tom? I think the Houston Rockets will win the NBA finals. I think this is long deserved. Long overdue for Mike D'Antoni and Chris Paul. Yeah. And I think this is this is their year. They're, they're the best team. Uh, I think if they have to play the Raptors, they're a better team, and they have similar strengths, only they're better in, at every facet. Mm-hmm. And with the Sixers, there's definitely some intrigue to just seeing Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons against uh, whoever it is they have to play against. But I think at the end of the day, the Rockets are the best team, the most complete team, and will win the NBA Finals. Terry? Yeah, I'm not even going to give them a fifth, but I mean, I will say conferences are always fluctuating. It's like the East could be good in 10 years and the West could suck. I mean, nobody knows, so it's just the nature of the game. Uh, and I don't like, I, we, I don't think any of us know enough about b-ball history to say if this is like one of the biggest or worst blowouts ever, but it'll certainly be a, a profound blowout uh, in favor of whoever wins the West. I'm taking Houston, and I'll take the Raptors from the East, as I've already said. So I'll say Rackets sweep the Raptors in a much-deserved and uh, much overdue, like Tom outlined already. Yeah. Uh, finals win. So Rockets or Warriors are champions. Didn't need to listen to that to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't li- listen to us to know that. But uh, listen to it for the, listen to us for the rest of the takes that we had. Yeah, I agree. There's some hot ones before that. So yeah, yeah <laughs> there, there was some very interesting takes, like the Cavs being in the conference finals. Um, might have been a hot take. We'll see about that. And there wasn't being in the That was a very whispered take. I don't know if they heard that one. You want to say that a little louder? Demar Derozan's better than LeBron James. <laughs> and It's better than Kyrie. Yes. By the way, I will add. Everyone giving me crap for that. Kyrie's pretty boy. Kyrie got got hurt again. Mr. Fragile <laughs> Vegan Diet Boy. He's missing 133 games in his career now. 30 more than Isaiah, including Isaiah's season-ending injury, and objectively the less durable player. So when Isaiah's back, he'll actually be playing. Unlike this fragile guy we got. I'm almost tempted to give Tom the rebuttal. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'll let I'll let Terry's <laughs> words speak for themselves. Hey man, he's out. This is when we needed him. All right, so you heard it here first. It definitively better than Kyrie. Demar definitely better than LeBron, and LeBron somehow makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. Uh, very some great takes there. Uh, thank you for listening. This was episode eleven of the Critical Zone. We previewed or we previewed the rest of the playoffs. Um, I don't know if we'll be back before the end of the semester. We might do a 
sort of ch- mid mid round check in next week. But uh, if not, thank you all for listening this year. It's been a lot of fun, and we will be back for next year. The three of us will be doing more basketball content. We'll get some football content in there as well. Um, this is gonna be the Critical Zone sign- signing out. Terry, Tom, anything you want to say? Go seize. See us rise. <laughs> all right. See ya.